That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, my guy, Nestlemania, is with me. I am excited. I have been through the ringer this weekend, and I have feel the backlash. That's oh, what I'm doing right I was seeing who was going to drop the joke first, me or you. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I thought it should have been called Backlashly, but uh, <laughs> he clearly did not pick up the victory, and that made me very angry. First off, I don't know who technically won the Jabberknocker predictions. Ray but it Ray. definitely was not me. Ray, oh, Ray, 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 okay. Ray Ray and me are now one and two, baby. I'm coming. Oh, Nobody no. can stop me. Uh, well, congratulations to the people that picked correctly because clearly I, I did not. So, Well, let's run through it and we'll see where it all went, Ron, for you. Uh, one that I don't think you got, Ron, on the pre-show. Apollo Crews retains against Andrade. Do you care? Nope. All right, next up, to kick off the show, we had the triple threat for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, Sasha and Bayley uh, did retain, so they will uh, actually challenge for the titles on Wednesday. They will defend them against Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, and they will fight again next Monday, but they did win on Sunday, uh, so yeah. Look, I mean, there are certain parts of this I really enjoyed. There are certain parts I did not enjoy. I did enjoy the promo beforehand where they were talking basically about like if they lose, they're basically no longer friends. So that makes the long-term booking of this make me feel like, as a fan, okay, like, when they lose, shit's going to go south, or they're going to have that moment of maybe it goes south, maybe it doesn't, and it extends longer. But overall, I think I've decided that I don't like triple threat tag matches when there's tags. Yeah, and me either. Like, it just... It's dumb. It just... There's something about it that just seems bizarrely stupid and just... I don't even know how to describe it when I'm watching it, but it's just like, they're like, oh, the breakneck pace of everybody in it, yada, 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 which, whatever. It is what it is. But God damn it, man. Like, and usually I'm, I, it just, I don't know if everybody was off their game on this one, but it was like, I was watching it as if I was hoping it was going to get better and it never got better. It never got to that gear. And considering the people that were in the match, I thought it would got, get that way. But Alexa Bliss did not show up that day at all. And I don't know what the hell happened to her. And it was just slop jalop throughout the entire match. So Yeah, it seems like she's had a rough go. I know she like made her Twitter private and stuff, so I don't know if that's kind of affecting her a little bit. But hopefully it gets better for her soon because, as you know, we love Alexa Bliss, especially me. But, yeah, I don't. the, the tag thing took me out of it, I'll be honest, because um, I was excited for this match because I'm enjoying the character work by everyone pretty much involved. But it's just like some, it's weird. I think they had a triple threat on NXT that TJ pointed out where they didn't tag. It was actually three people in the ring. But the majority of WWE triple threat tag team matches have tags, and it's fucking stupid. So we're not going to give it any more time than it deserves. Next up, we have the piss break. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Sheamus defeats yeah. Jeff Hardy. I mean, again, you want to talk about somebody that's super sloppy? Jeff Hardy is slop jalop jack, man. I mean, he is that guy. That guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if he asked him to. I mean, he just—he is so sloppy. I just, 
I mean, I, yes, he's a legend. Yes, he's a champion, all that stuff. Like, he's amazing in, in different ways. But good God, I was watching this going, like, it's Sheamus's like, herky-jerky, pound you into the ground versus just Jeff Hardy is messy everywhere he goes. And I was just glad when it was over. What and did Sheamus you think won, of Sheamus you know? winning? Yeah, like, that was, that's I was weird. I was excited for that because I was like, okay, like, clearly we're continuing. We need to go tit for tat. We need to do that, everything. And, and it's fine. And Listen, honestly, I'm more excited to watch Sheamus than Jeff Hardy. So this one bored the fuck out of me, and I thought that Jeff Hardy had no business facing Sheamus. And that's not just because we're friends with Ben. But, I mean, Sheamus is head and shoulders better than Jeff Hardy. No, I I agree 100%. Next up was the match that I just, like, this was the low point. I think after this is when uh, this card kind of picked up for me. I thought it was a slow start. But Asuka Nia Jax, it happened, and it was a double countout. So, yeah. So here's here's what I've noticed. I wrote this in my notes, and I'm sure I'm going to double talk as we talk about what happens on Raw later. But for the most part, Nia Jax and, and Asuka, I didn't mind at all. I actually enjoyed most of the match only because it made me feel like, okay, if we're going with the idea of Asuka's fighting from underneath and she has all these big challenges and she just squeaks by, I'm okay with it. And I, I think that's nice. It's a, it's a different juxtaposition from when she was like so dominant in NXT so dominant when she first got to the main roster and just mowed down everybody. But now it's like, since she's kind of had this reincarnation, she's definitely doing something different. But then the, the finish happened and I went, all right, whatever, never mind. Screw that noise. So, I mean, I get that you couldn't have Nia Jax lose, but you couldn't also have Asuka win. And I, I get that, but God well, they did it, it the like, next night. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But I, I, you know what? We'll talk about that more later, but it's just, it's, it's something that I, it's, it's a head scratcher. It really it's like, it's almost in a holding pattern until Charlotte eventually takes everything back. So, oh please, just just get me there already. I just I'm I'm done with this feud. Uh, next up, we had the debut of a new hit song that might even be better than the original from Miz and Morrison. I was telling you so. Uh, truth be told, I actually um, I left my house this weekend. First time I went to my non-parents' house, uh, I actually watched the Backlash show outside on the Sure Things patio with Mark and one other guy. We socially distanced watched. It was kind of nice to uh, watch with people in person. And uh, when this came on, we all popped because it was fucking great. I was uh, maybe it was just me, or maybe it added to it. But the, like the lip sync was completely off. Yeah, who cares? And I just it doesn't bother no, me. No, but it was so funny to me. Like it was just like. The, the 80s version of like Miami Vice where they're playing the piano and then John Morrison for no reason just rips his shirt off like that just made me go what the fuck are we watching but I did appreciate it was like hey 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 ho ho like they just like they're just using <laughs> hey hey ho ho differently like how many times are we gonna do hey ho hey ho hey ho maybe is the next one I don't know but uh, Braun Strowman peed the bed till he was six years old was my favorite line <laughs> by far uh I loved it. I thought it was great. I didn't know that it was the Stroman Express. Like, they had that whole thing in the steam. I thought that was, like, a cool cutoff um, in the middle of the segment, and I thought that was really nice. Um, I, again, this was the uh, – they kind of built it throughout the night. Like, they showed the car, and then they had, you know, the interview about how it was, the, you know, only one person could win. Then they were freaking out, and then we get to, like, the actual match, which, again, was exactly what we expected it to be. So the one thing I will say is it's nice to say – Hey, Miz almost had a shot, and then almost John had a shot, but then, you know, Miz cost Morrison. There is a little bit of jealousy there, I'm sure, but I'm curious to see how long they play this out because I feel like if the one thing I am afraid of is that SmackDown is going to be too repetitive with the same storyline where there's too much jealousy between tag partners. 
Yeah, so I'm going to get to more of that, actually, uh, in my hope uh, later in the show. But I will say in terms of this match, I think I think this would have been a flop if they didn't, like you said, give us those backstage moments before to explain the rules. Because, you know, you hear two-on-one handicap match. Sometimes it's the person who pins wins the title. Sometimes you have co-champions. But they literally spelled it out. So you knew, I'm like, okay, this could lead to some dissension. And it did because Morrison could have had him won and Miz pulled it off. And obviously they've teased these guys possibly breaking up down the road. Um, so I'll have more of that in my hope. But I just thought this was for something that a lot of people probably looked at as like a throwaway. They at least made it a lot more than that. And throughout this whole like silly feud, that's what it was. I was entertained through it. It was silly. But it worked. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it worked. It worked perfectly. Um, speaking of work, I guess, uh, next up we actually had the WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and your boy Lashley. Um, this match I actually was enjoying. I've been excited to see these two lock horns, and we're clearly going to continue to see more of it because, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the end because I feel like every time Lana has come on screen in the last, like, year, everything has gone to shit. And, like, something I was enjoying, she came out. I immediately knew this was going to go to shit. It did go to shit. McIntyre retains because of the distraction, and all of a sudden it becomes about Lana and Bobby again instead of the two guys in the ring who I'm really excited to see match up. It's just, like, for this, like... There's almost too much Gaga for me, and it's taken away from it. So I, I was super pumped to see if Lashley was going to win. I didn't put two and two together that Lana was going to be the one indirectly costing him by accident. But I was really thinking to myself, okay, fine. If Monday, if Monday night they don't fucking cut her their losses on her, then I'm going to be really madly, and I'm sure we'll talk I'm mad about it. But like, it was just we'll talk about it more, I'm sure later. But I was so bummed that he didn't win. Uh, I think Mac is doing really well, uh, but it's just, I think it's to a point where we need to not cut our losses, but I, I, I think we're in a point where, especially if you want to keep people's attention, especially during the quarantine, I think things have to be shorter. Like the rains have to be shorter. People have to be cycled in and out more. Like you have to have a variety if you want people to be excited. And I think that eventually they're going to fall to that. I think that Mac is if he's too long as champion, people are going to turn right out and right off. Yeah, I just I I think they need. I'm assuming going forward that, like you said, we'll talk about it. But it's like they got to cut Lana out. Let these guys have their match. Probably have Lashley go over because that could lead to some exciting things. But next up, Nestlemania. Are you ready to talk about the Viking Prophets? They all of a sudden they added it as a quote unquote match. But before the match, we cut to it and they're just fighting backstage. And obviously, like there we can run through all of it because I know you love to get into specifics. So I'll let you do that. But they literally the amount of things that happened in this time was absolutely absurd. But I loved every second of it, from the ninjas to they come full circle with the car. Like, just the silliness of these guys. And you can tell, like, these four guys are having the time of their life with this feud. Um, this is this is the kind of stuff that comes up right up my alley if it's done right. And I thought it was a ton of fun. I know our boy Cap isn't as hot on this. Um, but uh, I can tell you one thing. The, our boy, the shirt thing, loved this shit, too. And he uh, texted Handsome there. And he said he was having the time of the life putting this stuff together. So... I'm curious to see going forward where we don't go from this, but I love that this was more of a segment and not just a match yet because I felt like this was like the grand finale of all those segments. So here's, here's what I have. Like I, I, there are certain parts that I really enjoyed about this thing. And like, obviously there's going to be ebb and flows when I talk about this. There's things that I loved and things that I hated. But like the first thing off the bat that I really like, it was a head scratcher was that it escalated already to them beating the shit out of each other. Like, they've been so buddy-buddy, the whole, like, 
chummy, chummy the whole time. Like, oh, you know, it's not like you start with fisticuffs and throwing onto a fucking windshield. Like to me, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, why are they fighting? It wasn't. It wasn't like nobody said anything to to do it to get them to fighting. We just we didn't get there. Like we didn't see it. So like uh, it caught me flat footed as a viewer to go like, what are we doing here? Like I, I don't like the to me the car made no sense. Like it just didn't make like to me. But like whatever it is, what it I is. I think that but what they, they did, I think they used the transition from them being upset to each other to them realizing like, oh shit, we just fucked up. I think that's what right. it was meant to do. It was it was that transition from the violence to more of the like showy stuff. Yeah, and that's fine. Like I, I guess, but like you say that to me, and it just seems like kind of like a loose end that could have been tied up a little bit better. But anyway. We get to the bowling segment, which, again, they go down that long tunnel. I thought that was great. I appreciated the nut shot with the bowling. Um, I thought the dream sequences were a little odd to me. Like, they were hilarious, but it was just, like, I didn't understand. Like, there's no real logic to it. It was just, like, shut up and enjoy it, kind of, you know? And I enjoyed the nut shot, and then I enjoyed, like, I, I popped hard for some reason for the, the spear through the window. Like, I thought that was fucking incredible. Yep. Like, I just... When I, when I watched that, I went, oh, shit. Like, that was something I did not expect. And then, you know, he goes off to Turkey land or dreams about whatever the fuck he's dreaming about. And then they, like, they you know, they have another dream about stuff. And then they get to, like, you know, out there. Okay, we're outside. We're already outside. And then the, the ninja thing fucking happens, which I did not <laughs> see coming. Ninjas on motorcycles. And if this is a Bruce Pritchard thing, I, I don't know how, I, whether or not I enjoy it. I mean, like, I personally think that Tazawa being a ninja is slightly racist, and I'm not really happy about it. But like, but who else are you going to have sure be the ninja? You know, it's one of those double-edged swords where you think right. that, but at the same time, like, for Tazawa, it's a great opportunity because clearly it's oh, something sure you can use going forward, too. So, Right. And I'm sure he's like, yeah, whatever, I just want to be on television, and that's fine. Like, if it didn't bother him, then, then, then it's perfectly fine, I'm sure, but... Just, it's just something weird to, to point out. But then it becomes like this random kung fu movie. Then it's the Viking Prophets. They're a tag team kind of foursome, like the Avengers or Discount Avengers, whatever. Avengers doing whatever. And then we get this random-ass seven-foot-large ninja with a sword. Ivar does the force with the turkey leg. Like, this thing is all over the goddamn place. Then they run away because they realize they can't fucking beat the ninja. They're running on top of the goddamn trucks, which, again, to me was really funny just seeing Ivar just run in general, like, on top of the trucks. It's just It's hilarious. Then somehow it turns back into them turning on each other, going in through a dumpster. Then it goes back to the part that I think they played too much, too, which was obviously the, you know, Ivar's cute and Eric not so much. And then, you know, Rev Jazz is like, oh, your match is next, right? But they never fucking had the match. <laughs> They were too right? beat up. They were too beat up. They never had the fucking match. Yep. Like, don't call attention to something that didn't happen. Just fucking have another line. See, I didn't like, I didn't mind that because I think it was just to show, like, how ridiculous it was that they went through all that and they were supposed to have the match. I mean, the commentators probably should have said something when we came back, but I didn't mind it because I thought it was like, that was like the capper to, like, the ridiculousness of this lawn sketch we just saw. Sure, and again, there was a lot of great, like, Fresh Prince Bel-Air meets Star Wars meets just, like, some random-ass, like, funny SNL skit. Like, it was good. It was great. Like, but I think the longer they went, the more I was like, oh, God, like, this has to end. And, of course, as we'll talk about later, it hopefully will end. And it's now, like, got legs of its own in a different direction. So I don't know how you feel about it. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, later. 
Yeah, no, I, I think I just... For in terms of backlash, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this actually entire last hour because next up we're going to get to the main event. Um, normally, I know both of us are pretty critical about longer matches. This one just felt a little different for me because the way they did it, the way I looked at this match and the amount of callbacks and like odes to people that they did, it made, kind of made me think like this is them kind of putting on again like a grand finale of like their era of wrestlers, like the, everyone their age because they're pretty much to like the last ones left. Like it, to me, it felt like wow, this feels like it's given finality to that era, and we truly are have moved on. And obviously, Edge literally gave his body to this match. He worked his ass off. He's talked about it on social media how much he put into it, how he couldn't sleep, how much anxiety he had. We know Orton obviously, even if he doesn't seem like he's trying, that guy does more homework than anyone, whether he wants to admit it or not. Um, I'm curious your take on this because we haven't really talked about it yet, but I did enjoy it overall. There were definitely low points, but for me, the one thing I kept saying to Mark and. Uh, uh, was like, I really, I need the punt to end this match. Like, if Orton's going back down this character, like, I need the punt back, and I got it. So I was very happy and had a big pop there at the end. So again, something that I thought was really cool and very different was the fact that they had the presentation at the beginning. The one thing that I, I didn't like was that the commentators are like, enjoy, as we have more <laughs> camera angles, and amplified audio, and yada, 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 yada. And I was like, oh, God. You know, like, they had the MSG microphone. They're not in fucking Madison Square Garden. I didn't mind it, though. It was a cool... Like, it, it, gave it, it gave it a little more gravitas. Sure, and that's fine. Like, it, it, that's fine. Uh, Charles Robinson with the re- with the old ref shirt, I thought was fucking great. Like, that made me go back to when I was a little kid watching, thinking, this is awesome. He's got the bow tie on. Like, they, they went out of their way to do a little bit more. I didn't mind any of the camera angles. There's only one shot in that 40 minutes that fucking threw me for a loop. And I was so angry, but then I got over it very quickly because the match was very good. Was the fact that they fucking had a camera shot shooting up into a car, uh, collar and elbow tie up at the beginning of the match. Like that fucking, everything else was fine, camera angle wise. But you're going to fucking tell me that there's a fucking camera angle that's in the fucking mat looking up. Like, don't even fucking, like, it just made it so, it made me feel like I was watching a fucking commercial. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't disagree. And I, I think, and, when, and, and that really fucking bothered me, but they got away from it so quickly that I was just like, you know what? This is going to be a longer match. I have to fucking pump the brakes. I got to, like, just give it a moment. And they had a lot of cool things that were, were perfectly fine. The other thing that fucking, and I, I'm telling you this, I wanted so much to watch this as a normal person, but I had to, I had to lower the volume. I just, I couldn't deal with the, this is awesome. <laughs> that, that, this. And you, you watch it, and there's, like, I'm not exaggerating this for like comedic effect or anything. They shot somebody saying, this is awesome. And there were two or three people behind the plexiglass, not clapping or chanting. They had their hands crossed. So it was just the juxtaposition of what they were doing. I appreciated it, but it's just so fucking hard to believe that any of this was real amplified audio. Obviously it wasn't, but it's just, again, then they cut to Samoa Joe saying something and he's sitting there. I don't know if you've seen it online. There's a video where they zoom in on Samoa Joe's face and he's not saying anything. And it's like him like yelling and screaming and he's not saying anything. So it's just shit like that. That makes me go for fuck's sake, like just pick another angle or fucking like take the second to crop over, you know, like there's little things here and there. But once I turned the, the audio down, once I got over the fucking camera angles and I kind of like, they, they kind of went away from the fucking grandiose showcase kind of shit. And they just kind of had the match. I enjoyed it very much. I thought they worked very hard. I'm I'm obviously not a huge fan of anything over like 20, 30 minutes, but 
Um, I did. I think it felt like there were two halves of this match, so it made it a little bit more digestible for somebody like me. And they once they started pulling out other people's finishes and other stuff like that, I was like, okay, this is great. Um, I didn't know about him tearing his tricep until somebody ruined it on Twitter. So I, uh, I was now that I was trying to look and find out when he did it. Uh, a lot of people are saying he did it when he jumped off the apron at the beginning for that clothesline. So I saw, uh, I saw actually recently because. I guess they, like, you know how you said they had the cutaway of the collar and elbow tie-up? They definitely taped some stuff, like, after the actual full match to, like, edit in. Like, stuff like that to give it different angles. And apparently when they were doing a move that actually didn't, I don't think actually made the match, is when he tore it. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, because they, 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 they edited, I guess, like, they did the match, obviously, but then they did, like, some extra cutaway stuff after. That's where I think how you get your collar and elbow tie up with the low cam because it was fucking staged so they could edit in, you know, just to whatever. So I don't disagree with you on that stuff because I do think it was a little forced, but overall, like, I didn't mind it because, like, having the Fink's voice and everything, it just, it, it brought us back to be like, hey, we're, this, is a, this is an old school era, maybe, like, with got two guys that, you know, are definitely, like, the the veterans and the older generation now. And that's why for me, like it felt the whole time, like this was like a finality type thing. But I do want to ask you about this because um, obviously going into sports and this whole COVID thing with uh, no fans, we're going to see it in pretty much all the sports is they're going to be pumping in crowd noise. And they clearly, obviously we're doing it for this. And besides the obvious, this is awesome chance and shit like that stuff's dumb, but just like the gnat noise of just like a random crowd while I was watching the match, it didn't bother me as I thought it w- as much as it would. Cause I'm watching, Watching the match and focusing on what's in the rain. And it's just like when you watch golf. Like, you know there's not actual bird noises. It's all pumped in by CVS. But it just gives you a little bit when you're not thinking about it. It just makes it feel a little more. And that's why I think for me this match kind of stood out from other matches we've had in these, like, so-called, like, empty or limited arenas. Is that um, I didn't mind, like, them pumping in some stuff. But, yes, I do agree that, like, adding in the stupid chants and stuff, that was a little much. Yeah, I didn't mind, like, adding a little audio volume to, like, bumps or punches or, like, just big kabooms. I'm okay with that. I Like, that's fine. Even if you actually amplified what people were fucking saying, that's fine. But, like, you could tell that it wasn't the same thing and it was like, ooh, this is awesome, Champ would be here. And yeah, this, you know, it's it was like, very edited. You know, and, like, yeah, and, and, and I, I get that. But, like, like you said, like, see, at, at least when you watch golf and CBS and it's birds chirping, it's not... Like, they're adding more golf claps. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not it's adding just, in ambiance. It's ambience like that. It's ambiance. Yeah, it's a little bit of ambiance. Yeah. But, like, it's, it's a different type of ambiance. This one was just, like, our crowd isn't good enough, so we're going to fucking make you think it's better than it is. Yeah, they so went just, too far with it. But I think I, I didn't yeah. mind the overall of, like, just, like, the gnat sound of, like, noise. Like, I didn't, like, the normal no. noise you had in the arena. It was the extra little fucking cherries I had to throw on top. Fucking cherries. Right, exactly. So just get rid of it. Fucking cherries. You hate cherries. I love cherries. Give me a maraschino cherry. Disgusting. Disgusting. Are we done with Backlash? Yeah, let's move on. Boom, we're going to the shine, baby, because, you know, that's where Mandy Rose lives, because she's always in the shine, and we're actually going to start with her show. Uh, not a lot to talk about on SmackDown, because honestly, it's dated, but uh, I know you're going to want to talk about this. Um, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the IC title. I think that match lived up to the hype. You know, again, another match, 40 minutes. Didn't expect it to go that fucking long. Uh, thank God there were commercial breaks in the middle. Um, I honestly thought it was a little too long. I, I really did. I thought that it was a great fucking match. It surprised me that it was like, you know, keep it kept going and going and going. Um, obviously, there's a lot of great wrestling here. The one thing I will say is, again, textbook wrestling, 
going after AJ's arm so he can't do the, the flying forearm, going after Daniel Bryan's knee so he can't do the running knee, which has you know, got him a lot of championships. I like the swerve that AJ won. Um, maybe they went back and changed it or they had double endings and they picked whatever they wanted day of. I don't know. Um, but it's just, it was a great match. I thought it was odd to me that it wasn't the main event. Like I thought, if anything, this like they went and did a package beforehand talking about how amazing the IC title was. And I hope they don't lose track of how amazing the IC title is and they really do something with it. But if they already put this in the, and I know what people are going to say, it was 40 minutes long. They had, it was already fucking taped. You couldn't tell me they couldn't go back and put it in different order and figure it out. You know, like they could have. I think if, I think with the heel winning, maybe that was part of the reason why they did it. Even though like it's AJ still, but I think maybe they just wanted to end the show probably with the baby faces. As we saw, that would I mean, be my I, only whatever. reasoning. It didn't. It did bother me a little bit, obviously, but at the same time, like it kicked off the nine o'clock hour, which they like to hit those too. So, I think that I just was felt like there was a lot of things in there that was just like there's so much chuffa and so much weird shit on this show that I was just come on, this is a wrestling match. It took up at least almost half the show. Like, just give it what it wants at the end. Like AJ Styles leaving definitively with a championship, especially since they were going to be in the pay per view. But I'm fucking like, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. I'm not going to harp on it anymore, but it's just, it's something that, we'll, again, could have, would have, should have, but didn't. Yeah, it's okay. You're wrong about this, but it's all good. Uh, should I'm we, not wrong. Should we go to Raw? Because Fuck I you. don't think anything on SmackDown. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you putting a certain sobriety test in, in the heat? Sobriety test? Uh, a PP test? Oh, we're going to talk. That's, uh, that's outdated. You want to talk about it, though? I, I just I just want to state for the record I thought it was an entertaining segment. No, I thought it was a good segment. Yeah, no, I agree. And there was I think the way they did it, like I love that they had it, like actually in the rain, and they did it. They had a doctor there, like, and then him throwing the piss, like it was a rerun of something they did with HBK, as Mark was telling me. Um, but it's still like that's sometimes it's the best thing. I thought it worked. I thought it was very effective. Again, yeah, it was a rerun from years and years and years and years ago. Yeah, but goddamn it, was that fucking funny? Like. I just thought Seamus did a great job, and Seamus shows his ass. Like that, that's why Seamus, as much as I'm not a Seamus guy, I'll watch him because he's willing to get the pie in the face. He's willing to get his ass shown. He's willing to lose. He's willing to have piss thrown in his face. Like, there's not a lot of guys that can do it well, you know? And I think you know, you know who he's like, who he's like, and, I, and like the re- part of the reason why I really respect him. And him and Corbin are kind of the same ilk. They're willing to be the bad guys, and they're willing to fucking do whatever they tell them to do. They're willing to get goofed on. They're willing to do whatever. Like they're, Those two guys are willing to take anything, and I think that's part of the reason why I really respect them both. Mm-hmm. Got it. Is that it for I'm SmackDown? Smackdown. Do you have more shit, yeah, you want, outdated yeah. shit you want to talk about? No, I'm just saying. I, there's not a lot. Okay, let's move on. Let's, let's, move go, on. let's go to so Raw mad. here. Don't be so angry. No, I'm not Don't mad. Be so angry. I'll say for this Raw, it was very weird because I, I watched half of it last night and half of it this morning, um, obviously on the DVR, and I felt like there was about 8,000 backstage segments, um, which I didn't realize if it was a if I hated it or loved it. It didn't feel like a lot of wrestling at first, but coming off a of pay-per-view, a lot of the times you've got to kind of get things moving again, and I thought they were effective overall on this Raw, and the one thing I loved is right off the gate, Randy Orton comes out. I love when it's, it's the main event. You have the guy come out. He does a promo. And um, they bring the, the segment from last week full circle. Christian interrupts. I love, you know me, the Orton-Christian feud is one of my favorites of all time. So Orton bringing up the one more match. I'm going to pop for that every time. And then obviously Orton like brings up his medical history, explaining why Christian can't like really stick up to himself. But then they pull out the old unsanctioned match. 
And then obviously weaved it in throughout the night with Christian with a tough decision to make. He talked to a lot of veterans, including Ric Flair. And that obviously becomes full circle because the main event, instead of being a match, it was pretty much a Ric Flair low blow and a Randy Orton punt and Christian's dead. But you know what? This is, what have I always told you since you've known me? The Legend Killer is one of my favorite things ever. This is fucking Shades of the Legend Killer right here, baby. So give me all of it all day, every day for the rest of my life. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it is amazing. The end. It is, there's no other, no other way to describe it. It's just, it's, it's threaded. So it had me from the beginning because he can't, he comes out and he does his business. You know, of course, obviously Christian, we're all, all Christian fans. So that's, you know, that's a no brainer. That's an easy way to keep it on television. But I, I was shocked and they were like, yeah, we're going to let him wrestle. Huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> then, 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 then they're like, okay, like, it makes me think that all this fucking imaginary WWE red tape is just so fucking all that that exactly what it is is imaginary. Like they're just protecting their asses. Like you could have Christian wrestle, but you don't. And on top of that, they wouldn't let him wrestle because he had a concussion, right? Like that basically, he's had multiple concussions, had had problems, yada yada yada. Like that's why he stopped. Yes. And what does fucking Orton do? He fucking punts him in the head. Yep. Right. He's a heel, so, baby. No, I know. I'm just stating that, like, let's just, for instance, let's take away from the fact that, like, from kayfabe land, let's, like, let's just, let's play shoot world for a second, right? We're in the shoot world, and we're talking about a fucking guy who gets concussions, gets kicked in the fucking head, right? So, clearly, he probably missed or just didn't hit him hard enough or everything. I'm sure everything's safe and easy. But when I saw that, I went, Christian's gonna fucking have a match at some point. Like, there's no fucking. Well, way. he's from from what I've what I, I think he kind of. I don't think he said it directly, but I think it was on his podcast like a while ago. Like, he's hinted at that they've pretty much cleared him, obviously to be smart. But it's just one of those things. Like, he's been retired. Like, he doesn't feel the need like he has to. But I think something like this was maybe something he'd do it for. So, because they wouldn't let him go in a rain and get kicked in the head if he wasn't cleared. You know what I mean? Even though it's a fake kick yeah. and whatever. And, and Orton's a fucking as professional as they come. Um, you talk about timing and, like, precision and everything. So, there's no way in hell they're even faking it if he's not cleared. But, so, right. there's... I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. If maybe this is something down the line. If this is an appetizer for Orton Edge Part 3. Which is definitely going to happen, by the way. Who knows when? Because uh, that injury is going to take a while to recoup. But, this is... this. Definitely something. I, that's why I love that they had it last week and they brought it up again. And just it's like you said, they interweaved it perfectly. Like they gave you the appetizer, then they hit you with the full course. But it was just like you were so ready for this. And then to have Ric Flair turn on him out of nowhere with the low blow, I didn't. I didn't expect that coming. Obviously, we know Flair and Orton's history. Like Randy's like a son to him, pretty much. But I didn't even think about it the way they were doing this. I thought it was just it was so well done. Everyone involved did a great job. I just this was an absolute home run for me. It's a good textbook way to look back on it and say, Randy Orton's doing great. I did appreciate it. He says, oh, you're going to be cleared by July of 2029. <laughs> I thought, like, that was great. You know, like, all these things that I could think about, like, going through my head. Like, I'm assuming that they're going to make Edge wait. Which, honestly, like, here's here's the suck part. Is like, I think Edge is, what, what, 45, 47, 48, something like that. This sucks for somebody like him because he really wanted to come back and be strong. But I think on the plus side of this, because we are on the positive portion of our program, the dude doesn't really work well without a crowd. Like he is the crowd's favorite 
wrestling. And this will keep you know him I mean? like, hot besides, too because we're not going to be overexposed. And we've seen him. We have. We saw that thing at WrestleMania, the fight. But then we saw like an as we've talked about an awesome like match Sunday night. So that's like our lasting impression. So when he does come back, and there will be a crowd, I think by the time he's back, it could really, really be special. Exactly. So I know he's probably looking at this like, uh, you know, shit, like I fucked up and like I'm letting everybody down. I don't look at it that way. I look at it like, yeah, that sucks. And like, you never want to see anybody go down for an injury. But I think like for him, I think it's really going to be one of those moments where it's like when he comes back with a crowd, starts wrestling with a crowd, the crowd wants to be there. The crowd wants to be with Edge. You know what I mean? So I don't look at this as a, a complete negative. I look at this as like, you know what? It's probably best. Somebody upstairs is, is moving some shell game around and, and, and lining things up in a way for things to make more sense. And I, I, I truly believe that this is going to end up working out for everybody in their best interest. Uh, you know, even if it's six to eight months, I, I really do think because we're going to forget about it. And he's going to come back and we're going to go, like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, and then we're all excited again. So I, I, I think we get a double dip of excitement, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I before we move on from this, I am curious because obviously – the big question for me now after that is where does Randy Orton go from here in the meantime? Because I think him and Drew could have a good feud down the line, but I don't think we're there yet. I also don't really want Randy taking any L's right now. And it's just obviously they're going for the veteran route. Do they do they dig up someone else and throw him out there? Like, Or how are they going to go with Randy going forward? Well, here's something that you're not going to like. Undertaker, give huh? it to me. Punt that no, motherfucker no, no, no. into his grave. Here's, here's something that, like, we'll talk about, I'm sure, in the heat. Reader's ugly head. They brought back the Big Show for no reason. Yeah, that's true. So that's, there's, there's your maybe short-term, he'll just fucking, yeah. There's your short-term booking right there. Like, I don't know, like it. I don't like it at all. I'm, I'm looking at everybody yeah. on Raw going, what the fuck are they going to do? They got all kids go. on Raw. Raw's pretty much like, they got all the young guys, because Heyman brought in all his boys before he got fucking canned, you know? He brought in all the well, young think, athletic think, guys who about, have no personality. Exactly. Let, especially the Vinkster. But let's, you know, <laughs> let's think about this very quickly. They, they also had uh, Christian talk to Big Show backstage. Yes, so, so no, that, that gets, makes right? a lot so, of sense for short term, yes. So, so in the short term, as much as we're going to go yawn, you know, Orton versus Big Show. But again, Orton will make it Roman, good. Reigns is, Roman Reigns had one of his greatest matches against the Big Show. Exactly. So, I mean, you never know. You never fucking know. Especially if Randy Orton and Big Show are motivated. You never fucking know. And even still, so, even if the match is shit, which it likely will be, like the lead up will still be good because Randy's on another level right now, and I love it. And I will, you know, he loves being a heel. He's always said it, and right now he's allowed to be as dastardly as he wants to be. He's in his groove, and he is feeling it, feeling it. WrestleMania. You know who else is feeling it? I'm gonna get there because uh, I know you just teased it, but I mean. It's more of the stuff leading up to it that I was excited. I still feel like the Street Profits, when they show up on my screen, it's a fucking electric factory. I get excited. Them and the Viking Profits, or Viking Profits, Jesus, I'm calling them. Yeah, there you go. The Viking Raiders. Like, I'm just, I'm still enjoying this, even though we've seen so much of it. I was curious to see. We're obviously going to have the tag team title match next week, as Big Show set up. But we had kind of, as uh, Tazawa said, a sequel with the Ninjas, which I kind of laughed because they went full on Avengers and everything. And I didn't mind it. Obviously, it was a goof off in the ring but it was effective they're teasing the the giant ninja and that's how big show actually came up but even still like it made sense the way they did it and i didn't mind this for one night but next week i'm assuming we're going to get to serious with them in the ring and then we'll move on from there uh yeah i mean i enjoyed it first off street profits going out there fucking spreading cheer and covid19 as they fucking <laughs> high five Lick, high five, kiss, whatever the fuck they were doing to everybody in the crowd. 
especially with the news of what they gave us the other day or today, whatever. I'm I'm sitting there like I'm thinking about that visual going, holy shit, what if they touched one of those fucking people? Well, you know, they, like, everyone there has been tested and should be cleared, hopefully, but you never know. I hope it, the you know what, they're, they're in okay. Florida. I mean, I don't think Florida cares. Their numbers are insane. I feel bad for a boy TJ down there. Stay safe, people in Florida, because those numbers are scary. I mean, I don't understand it. You guys, you guys can think that you're above the law that humans are, you know, are, are you know bigger than a fucking disease. But come on, guys, that's how the fucking dinosaurs died. Like seriously, <laughs> you know, we're not, like, not going to go extinct from it. But I, I understand. No, your point. but I mean, like, there's over a million people that have fucking croaked, and it's not funny. Like, it's just like, come on, like. Guys, come on, like, be safe. Fucking A, man. Fucking A. Yeah. TJ should wear a hazmat suit. I'm not joking. <laughs> he, well, from what we've heard from him, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's still very limited himself, which I think is smart. And I think that's all people need to be is smart, because I don't think you need to lock yourself in a room and never come out, but I just think, uh, be smart. And yeah, it's, uh, it was interesting. I was shocked, honestly, by the fact that the Street Profits, I saw, they kind of were running and they looked and I was like, are they going to go through the crowd? Which obviously it's a thin crowd and it's pretty much mostly NXT superstars and allegedly some of their friends. So it's, they're testing these people. Like obviously we're seeing like the Caden Carters of the world and the people we see on NXT, uh, every week. So it's a little different than if it were like just random people, but it's still at the same time, like this is how it's going to be. I think for us going forward is like watching other humans, like get near each other. We're all going to be like freaked out. Like, Oh my God, we're all going to die. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's definitely like, you know, some people don't give a shit and that's fine. Whatever. If you want to do that, fine, that's your own business. Yes. No, it's not fine. Wear a fucking mask. That's my PSA. Just yeah. don't be a dick. Wear a mask. Don't like, kill your grandparents don't, or my yeah, parents. Don't, even, don't don't fucking kill my children. Like, don't do anything terrible to anybody with a terrible immune system. Like, anybody that has cancer or fucking going through anything, like, wear a fucking mask. All right. Sorry. Going way off track. Way into the fucking weeds. I'm sorry. I don't want to get on a fucking soapbox. So, time of death this feud apparently has died is when Big Show came out. Everybody rid its fucking ugly head. <laughs> I'm not going to get into super heat about this. But you want to tell you want to add something that's going to put a fucking cold ice cube down a hot fucking take? It's the big show. Hey, he's the booker. He booked the match. Yeah. Well, you know what? I said to Ray Ray, I was like, because Ray Ray was like, I don't want to hear anything about reruns because I have the content that I want. I want it. And I said, okay. I hadn't seen it, so I was going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I was entertained by it till I heard, well, well, it's the big. That's what I did. That's what I did, folks. It's what you add the big show to it. It's done. It's done. It jumped the shark. It's left the dolphin. We haven't used it in a while. He's left. It's going, going, gone. Can't be. That's why next week it has to be a tag match and it's ended. Because the big show came out there like the fucking Grim Reaper, folks. It was over, anyways. Yeah. Again, like I don't disagree, but. They did it where they, they the, the the way they I understood it made sense the way they did it because they called on their giant Avenger to fight the big bad guy like that's all it was and it was, it was just it was just a hoo ha but like you said it was a way to get Big Show back on TV and now it looks like he might be moving forward with Orton so it's it's you know at least things like when they do shit like this which is dumb like in the past it wouldn't make sense at least now they're finding ways like where it's like okay even though I don't love it at least it makes sense you know so I'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. I'll give them credit for that. Maybe Pritchard is a fucking genius. I don't know. He's, doing, he's been doing solid on SmackDown, so you never know. I, I, look, look. All should we talk all about that? Should we talk about that quick? Because that sure. that is concerning. Because I think the thing that I love the most about the having the two different staffs is that stuff would inherently be different. Because one was led by Paul Heyman, one was led by Bruce Pritchard. I'm like, this is a good model. This is how you make your two separate brands feel different. 
The problem now is we're back to now there's one overlord. It's Vince down to Pritchard down to everyone else. And it just, it's, that's where I get concerned is stuff going to start feeling the same. And it's also like you're starting to spread your people thin. Like now Pritchard has to work double the work. He has to worry about double the talent. He has to oversee double the stories. And then people that are under him have to do the same. It's kind of like a chain reaction. This is how stuff gets diluted and forgotten. And that's what concerns me about it. Even though I do think Pritchard deserves a lot of credit because clearly what he's been doing on SmackDown, storytelling-wise, has been good. I think we're going to see a lot less wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like that, you saw it on Raw. Look at was, Raw. Yeah, and I just did the math while you went on your tyrant a while back. 22 promos. 22. Holy shit. So, <laughs> 22. And I'm, like, cutting up, like, before break and after break with R-Truth and Mac. Yep. And oh, yeah. No, they, they had each, like, they were, like, Mac and Tyre and Truth had, like, five. Like, there were multiple yep. for everyone. I mean, I just, the, the Street Profits had, I think, three or four. Like, it's just, I get it. Like, it's funny, but, like, oh, good gracious. Like, they're, like I don't think Seth Rollins has had a match since he lost to, to Mac. I don't think he, you know um, I mean? so, yeah, no, because I think it's just been his boys in tag matches. Yeah, so... Just, I'm looking at this going like, you know, look, we know that we make, we call a Monday night rerun and it might be like, I don't know. I can't think of something hilarious off the top of my head, like fi- Friday night refresh. I don't know. Like, it's just like this. There's so much about SmackDown that I enjoyed. And I'm thinking to myself, well, can it carry over? Can it still be the wrestling show? Like they have better wrestling on the show. So hopefully, but I don't know, man. Like, I think with like the thing that the thing that concerns me is like with a champion like Otis, if they have that happen on SmackDown, I think it's a detriment. Like I think Otis winning on Raw to me would be far superior. Like if Lashley won, I know Danny was making a joke of this in the thread on on Backlash night. I saw that if Lashley wins and then Otis cashed in on him, like <laughs> I wouldn't mind so much because having Otis on Raw to me wouldn't be as bad because I think he fits better in the entertainment portion of Raw and not the wrestling land of SmackDown. That's all. I think, I just think if when Otis does, I think he is really going to cash in when at some point he's not going to have that thing long, but, um, but yeah, no, I don't, I think that would be interesting. I haven't really considered a lot of the raw thing just cause he seems so entrenched on SmackDown, but that would be a nice little curveball. Uh, do you have any hmm. other shine from raw that you would like to bring up? Uh, let me see. Let me see. There are a couple other things that were decent. Yeah. I mean, like, look, you know, Apollo Crews being recruited by MVP. I like it. A lot of people are. I like it. A lot of people. A lot of people are out there saying that they're hoping that it's MVP, Lashley, Apollo Crews, and your boy, which I'm not going to talk about, but um, that they're going to have some type of, you know, no longer you're going to hold me down kind of uh, stable. Which again. Sounds great on paper. I think people have been chomping at the bit for something like this for a really long time, but I don't, I don't, based on our climate that we're in right now, I just, I don't see something like that happening. I just, I don't. Um, see, I think it's more I likely think, that it would now. I think it's, really? I think it's way more likely than before that it would now. Yeah. Especially because when they'll do it, like they'll be on top too. So I, I'm, I'm, I'd honestly obviously be all for it because I think especially the three guys, are three guys that you could argue have been underutilized their entire careers in Lashley, Apollo Crews, and Shelton Benjamin. Um, like they're and they're obviously all like studs. They've in different capacities. Like the talent's always been there, and I think them kind of forming together with MVP was a great mouthpiece. I think just across the board, even if you don't even bring in that stuff, like I think it makes sense. So 
I it to me it makes too much sense not to do it in some capacity, but we'll see. I I you know what's funny? I just I don't I don't like the idea. I'm not going to use his name because I'm not going to talk about him. But like that just seems like a weird thing for me. Like it like that seems like a kind of an afterthought kind of thing to add him. It's just, he's almost, just like he's he's he'd be the extra one. Or if you eventually like you add another person, like he'd be the tag team. You know what I mean? It's well, just I like that's kind of how factions. And, and, yeah, him and MV, him MVP, but to me, like, I think they have MVP wrestle, sure, but as you see, like, he's, he just, they put him in matches so Lashley doesn't get pinned, because MVP doesn't give a shit. It's not going to lower his value. He's already the old guy who wears a suit, you know? So, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, I think look, Shelton it, it, would just give it another layer, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely, you need to have somebody to beat somebody, you know? You gotta, you, you can't make somebody unless you beat somebody, so, I mean, I get it. I, I totally understand that portion of it, so, again, it's, it's a little odd, but I, again, it's it's something that I didn't expect, so I was like, pleasantly surprised by it. Um, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the whole presentation, I thought having Max having to defend his title, and then having both titles on the line, and then having Art Shoot for ch- you know change it. Like to me, I was I, I was actually going to myself. Okay, I don't think he's going to lose. But now I got to tune in and find out. It was and intriguing. They, they yes. caught me. Yep. Yeah, they caught me. They caught me. Put like hook, mind and sinker. Excuse me. And it was just, I was loving it, and I thought it was great. I mean, even like the crap we don't like with Lana, I'm sure, um, especially where MVP called her a thought, which I was like, ooh. I, I actually that that was the one part of that whole ordeal that I laughed. I was like, oh, that's good because it's relevant and make like it's it was because like I said, pretty much for backlash, we can talk about this stuff now. I don't mind. It's. Cause Lana, the Lana stuff is heat for me just because, like, every time she comes on, like, her promos were fucking horrible. This was someone who was so good at promos. She's still terrible. But I liked that the segment at least was pointing towards it was finally Lashley standing up to her and being like, no, get the fuck out of here. I want a divorce. I'm done with you. And I love, like, her and MVP, like, is the biggest feud going. And, like, the, them going back and forth was interesting. But then the best part of this, for the, the segment for me, was at the end. After Lashley said that he wanted a divorce and Lana was freaking out, the smug look on MVP's face the entire time was just like, yeah, bitch, I won. I don't need to say anything else. Like, it was just like, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. It's like, when you're supposed to be the background of something, like add to the situation and I thought his fucking because MVP is a great shit eating grin it's part of the reason why I think as a kid I fucking hated him and couldn't stand him is he always looks like a smug bastard and he like it was so effective for me in this segment that portion of it yeah look we all want to know that Lashley needed to drop the dead weight and he finally did and he can make some uh, some room for some hardware so hopefully hopefully this is like you know getting their Lana stink off of him like repackaging him with MVP you know, giving them different gear, making them look menacing, not taking pins. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. Like this is the best he's looked. Period. Like let's just let's let's try the experiment. Like I, I as the viewer, I'm ready for it. Like let's just do it. So yeah. I'm in. I'm I'm fucking in. Like I, I I want it to happen. I'd be happy. I I think the dude deserves it. I think he looks better. I want to see him versus Brock. And honestly, this is the only way we're gonna really take him seriously. And it doesn't have to be for a championship. I'm just saying, like. Once he has a championship under his belt, now you'll get, be able to be on that upper echelon of like, oh, I, you know, putting him up against Brock Lesnar isn't going to be a complete one-sided thing. No, and I think it would actually be really interesting, too, to have uh, the duo of Brock and Heyman versus the duo of uh, MVP and uh, Lashley. Also, 
I think that's another reason why Shelton being part of that team would be interesting because obviously we know him and Brock, they've been on screen, been buddies and everything. So that would be could be an interesting dynamic where maybe Heyman could flip him during that feud. It's just another added layer to something going forward. So I think there's a lot of exciting stuff going along with these guys. And that's why even though like this wasn't the best raw, so to speak, for them, I still think going forward it's one of the more interesting things going on that brand. Gotcha. Anything else you enjoyed? I mean, there's a few things that I enjoyed. Like, I, it was good to see my girl Liv back on TV. The Iconics obviously stole the win. It looks like we have Liv versus Natalia as, like, a little feud thing as Natty continues her uh, PMS gimmick, I guess it is, where she's just mad at everyone. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they want a shot, obviously, the Iconics do. They called out Sasha and Bailey, who they said, we know you're here, and then Sasha and Bailey didn't come out. But they did come out later um, to cut a promo because it was Bailey's birthday, and the Iconics interrupted them there. And uh, this will be a match next week on Raw, and even though Sasha and Bailey are defending Wednesday. So uh, I'd say spoiler alert for, for NXT, uh, I would think the boss and Bailey are going to retain that one. Yeah, TJ, you can already start writing your article, bud. There's no way they're going to lose. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Well, TJ's going to be like, oh, he's said it, so there's a chance. Nestle, but, yeah, the yeah. thought of Tegan and Sasha or Tegan and Bailey getting in the ring together, I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see how Tegan uh, – can uh, match up with some of the girls from the main roster. So I think that's going to be a very exciting match. I will look forward to TJ's article before I dip into the watching. You never watch NXT anyways. Don't even lie. You just That's not true. I That's not true. If, if TJ writes something up that is, uh, like, besides the fact that he's, like, you know, a, 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 gar, a Gargano jock sniffer, as you will, <laughs> uh, besides that, uh, whatever he writes is usually gospel for me. So if he tells me to check it out, just, just as much as our boy, uh, Brandon Cox over for NXT UK. If he writes something, usually I check that specific thing out, but I don't check the whole fucking thing out. So I see how it is. You're you're a fair weather viewer. Uh, that's okay. You're a busy man. I have listen. I have people doing stuff uh, for the Jobber Knocker, and they're doing a wonderful job. So I'm just putting them over, saying how great they are. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying you you you. So uh, stop trying to take the target off your back. Should we get the right, heat? Let's get some heat. Yeah, Get him off my TV, right? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Uh, so for me, I'm going to kick off the heat this week. Uh, we had a Oscar versus Nia Jax rerun. And uh, you said it earlier. It's like the, it, what, they couldn't have Nia take the pin or have anything happen on Sunday. But the immediate next night, they can. And uh, Asuka won, I believe it was like a roll-up off of whatever. But then uh, the weird thing is on that Raw Talk or whatever it is, Charlotte called out Nia Jax. So... I don't know if we're heading towards a triple threat feud here because Nia still has a dispute, but for me, I don't give a fuck about this feud, Nestle. I don't give a fuck about Nia Jax Asuka. I'm interested in the fact that she shoved the referee and the referee actually, like, so will they be fine? Like, will, will, will John Cohn be fine for, you know, skewing the line of doing a fast count? Will Nia Jax be fine because she pushed a referee? Like, I always eat that shit up. Like, let's, let's add an article on WWE.com talking about it. You know, let, let's have a conspiracy theory with Nia. Like, let's do that shit. Like, let's, let's find a way for her to fucking go ape shit nuts. Like, let's just let her, let her beat her up. Like, when, honestly, when she screams, although it's horrifying and, and terrible sometimes, like, she's a mass chaos kind of person. Like, let's just let it happen. And, again, I wasn't interested in it and then when i saw it i went well it's i haven't seen that happen in a while like let's let's see where this goes but again she's not going to move the needle for a lot of people like that's that's basically what it comes down to she's just not she's not everybody's cup of tea and oscar it's honestly i thought she looked worse booked this way 
by winning by helping a referee helper. And I'm sitting there going, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you went from a dominant champion for Becky Lynch to Asuka, who was doing such a great job, as TJ reminds me, every fucking time I bring up her name. And she was doing this and doing that, and the greatest part of Raw. She's not the fucking greatest part of Raw now, is she? No, she's not. She's an afterthought. She's a footnote. She's terrible. She's awful, folks. And that's not her fault, though. They put her with the fucking human fridge. Cools everyone off. Wow. Yeah, I wow. said it. Yeah, that's Can why. You call me a size shamer. No, Woo! no, it has nothing to do with size. Oh, it's literally, yeah, it's nice. she's a human yeah, ice nice. cube. She's a human ice cube That's then. Matter. How about that? Doesn't matter. That's just expression, bro. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know you lost an argument, so this is what you do. You try to twist it into like an insult. It's not. Nope. Nia Jax is boring, and any feud she's in is boring. Well, the minute they do Oscar Charlotte, it'll probably be the best thing on the show again. Are you going to tell me that Nia Charlotte's going to be terrible? Um, Hopefully Charlotte just fucking shovels her into oblivion, but I doubt it. Charlotte likes putting people over. You see her records? Whoo! Charlotte's pretty much yeah, like... Look, 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 look. Charlotte look, 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 puts look, look, everyone let over. Let me ask you this. What if Nia beats the shit out of Charlotte? Are you happy or sad? I, I probably won't care because I don't care about Nia Jax. Sorry. Okay. She, her right. character doesn't interest me. It's the... At least like if someone has a boring character, if they're good in the rain, then I'm fine with it. But 0 for 2, baby. We're 0 for 2. I'm over it. I think... Um, you know what? You know what? You, you, hold on. You know what? I'll go to, to translating over to something completely different. Let's just move on. I, I, I am not excited about Natty and and, uh, and uh, Lana becoming a tag team. Oh my God, they did like, tease that, didn't they? Oh, that 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 spells disaster. Oh boy, disaster for me. Yeah, what? who who wants that? Mouth. Not one person. Like I know you they're really good people. friends in real life, but Jesus, you could stick you could stick Tyson Kidd as their manager, and I still wouldn't give a shit. Like, fuck this, fuck it. Just leave it off. I hope they battle on main event for six years. Leave them the fuck away. Like, never get a title shot. I, 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 this whole thing of like, I'm tired of being disrespected. Oh boy. Yeah, I that was. Yeah. Oh boy. I think I pushed that out of my memory because you know, as you said, there were 22 backstage segments or whatever. I think this one I pushed out of my memory because it's just like, whew. There's yeah. not much more I can talk about. All this shit is bullshit. No, I, I mean, uh, well, you haven't mentioned your boy Dominic. He uh, hit, got Rollins with a hit and run. Um, I will say, the one thing that made me laugh about this is when they showed the graphic early in the night, the render they had for Dominic looked like a video game character and everyone else looked real, so it looked so bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't I mean, know how the fuck it. they did it. Was it, like, yeah, it, just, it literally looked like it was like graphically made. Like it wasn't a real picture well, of Dominic. Like, it was, like they made him in Grand Theft Auto and they fucking uploaded it. Yeah, it doesn't look like, uh, you know, he's going to be making WWE 2K21 or whatever the fuck it is. Well, apparently there is no WWE 2K21, so no one's going to be in there. Well, after that fiasco, who knows? Yeah, they, uh, video game they shit. canceled it for a year. But, yeah, so that happened. Um, but, yeah, not a lot going forward on that front. The only other thing is uh, the Zelina boys continue to argue. Uh, this time, KO actually beat Garza. Um, they're kind of involved in the U.S. title picture, but kind of not. I I don't. Where do you think the end game is for this? Like, do you think Zelina's gonna have to pick a side, or is she gonna lose both of them, or what's going on here? I think, quite frankly, I think uh, I would love to see Cien be a babyface. Interesting. But I don't. But I don't know if if Andrade has it in him to be a good communicator. He looks so like an asshole. That, That's part of the problem too. He looks like an asshole, and I think that 
I just, there's something about it that makes me nervous. So I, I don't know. I mean, like Angel Garza might not be a bad baby face. Who knows? Yeah, I um, I don't know if they're gonna do a shakeup at some point, but I, I I would like to see. I think Andrade would be better served flipping to the other show. I think, I just think on Ross since he's been in that mid card so long, there's literally there's nothing else for him to really do. I don't know. Did he ha- did he has he fought Garza yet? If they have, I don't know. Maybe I forgot about it. But I just I don't know. I just feel like with him, it's everything stale right now, which is a shame because he's such a good performer. Sure. I got nothing All right, else. Yeah, let's do let's it. Glorious. Can we go first? Yeah, sure. You don't have one, do you? No, I do. I teased it earlier. You want me to go? Fine, I'll go. My, uh, my, I teased it earlier. It's about uh, SmackDown, and uh, obviously we saw the Miz and Morrison dissension, and you know there was something about I don't know, like two months ago, there was a like a hacker promo that had a bunch of tag teams in it, you know, and we we talked about it. Like, who could they be talking about? Well, one of the heavily featured teams was Miz and Morrison. But obviously, like the last month or so, the hacker has gone radio silent after all this stuff, and he just kind of hasn't been there. So part one of my hope is I want the hacker back on SmackDown, man. Where is he? I know Shorty G's back on TV, but he can still be hacking, you know? So uh, I would, I, I think that it's time to bring that storyline back. I hope they didn't throw it out because it was something, obviously, you as the detective, of course, are very interested in, too. But I think the Miz and Morrison dissension is the perfect way to do it because, you know, they're obviously going to come out. I think there's a Miz TV with, like, Mandy, but there'll be some way to tease dissension between Miz and Morrison. And I think the hacker, especially since he's the one that exposed Sonya to Mandy, it would make perfect sense to have him play a role in this segment. So that's pretty much my hope is I, I just want the hacker back, man. Like, I want this back because I thought it was interesting. There's a lot of interesting things you can do with it. So hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows. Well, hopefully you're correct, but I doubt it. Anyway, let's move on to Nestle's Hope. <laughs> no even uh, shot that I said Shorty G's the hacker? Listen, I lay out for the hopes because I think everybody gets tired of me yelling and screaming during your hopes. So you know what? I'm going to lay out during hopes because if it's supposed to be hopeful, then I can shit on it at the end. Okay, that's a good done. point. That's a good point. You know, I think I think I, I think I owe it to the listener to let you either, you know, talk too much or, or, or just, you know, talk yourself into something ridiculous and then shit on it. It seems... Seems like there's a lot of mileage out of that. No, I think that's I do that too sometimes with your hopes. I usually wait to the end to tell you that it sucks. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll, a gentleman's I'll... agreement. Yes, a gentleman's agreement. All right. So uh, the many things that have been teased for next week. One thing that caught my eye, or should I say, my private eye, Da-na-na. is that. Da-na-na. Da-na-na. There you go. Is the Firefly Funhouse is returning, folks. Floppity, floop, flop, flop house is coming back, and I cannot wait for it. I think that it's going to give me uh, enough with my magnifying glass, my gumshoe, and uh, my overcoat, my duster, because everybody needs a good duster and a fedora. Um, and I think I'm going to be able to figure out what's going on. Here's what I would love to predict happen. Don't think it's going to happen, but I'm putting it out to the Nestle universe, where only I live and hope that it happens. Um Otis is going to get a visit from Braun, sorry, from Bray Wyatt, and I I can see it. Otis is in the ring with Mandy after a victory, and he's sitting there and he's like eating a turkey leg or something, and Bray starts coming, hi Otis, and Huskis the pig starts oinking and talking about how much Otis eats. I can see it. And he challenges Otis for the briefcase. 
Ooh. At, I believe, the next pay-per-view, which is on July 19th. So, I believe, and I, I can see it now, imagine The Fiend beats Otis. Otis doesn't have the briefcase. Then you have a character like The Fiend with the briefcase that you're like, holy fucking shit. Right? And it gives the WWE yet another opportunity to rub through that fucking awful merchandise factory that they like with a fiend-like briefcase that I'm sure is made out of flesh. Ew. You know, like, they love that shit. They love that fucking horror shit. And uh, I see that happening. I, I think having the fiend with the briefcase can give you so much different storytelling, it's ridiculous. So as much as I'm interested in Otis, I think he's losing a little bit of steam and I think you can still do it without the briefcase and give it to The Fiend, because I think The Fiend needs something, especially if he's going to hunt down Braun at some point. And I think that's where we're headed. Because he hasn't beaten The Fiend, and I don't think he's going to. So this would be an interesting way to do it. Yeah, I I don't mind it in theory. I just think for me it comes back to, like, The Fiend literally doesn't need the briefcase where Otis does. So I just I don't see them doing it. But it would be interesting, because I would like to see, even if maybe it's, Maybe that Otis wins the title from Braun at the next pay-per-view in a match with The Fiend, and then The Fiend and the Otis... I think a Fiend-Otis feud would be fascinating because they're literally the two ends of the spectrum. Like, I think Otis with the Firefly Funhouse would be, like, amazingly goofy and entertaining, but Otis versus The Fiend, like, that would be fascinating. So I wouldn't mind those guys crossing paths. You could spend so much time on the Muscle Man dance and (laughs) Otis jiggling. Like, just, just think of that. Like, you want to talk about not wrestling? You want to talk about entertainment? That shit would be fucking hilarious. Right? I know. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that having these two guys intertwined with Braun, it like it's a way to transition from Braun as champion without making him look weak. It's also a chance to give Otis the reign and also for it to be short and get it back to the fiend where we agree that it should go eventually. So I think, like, however you do it, I think it'll be interesting because I think all three of these guys will do a good job. But, yeah, I... Uh, I think we're headed towards something with these three for sure. Okay. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for the years because there ain't no stopping me. No. Whoa. Whoa. God, they need to change the song back. I don't know if it's a rights thing or what, but give me the fucking ain't no stopping me back, please, because Shelton Benjamin, he gets my comeback. He came back. He looked like a stud. Um, he actually should have won the match if the ref didn't try to accuse him of cheating and then allowed Apollo to cheat. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's... That's absurd, but Shelton Benjamin, you will get your rematch, and he should be the U.S. champion again, because what an absolute stud, but he gets my comeback. He also got my job earlier, too, because there was under three minutes. <laughs> Not his fault. Apollo cheated, though. Cheating, cheating jobber it's matches true. don't count. I mean, he, he, he jobbed out. He, that's what he did. He didn't, though. He was cheating. So. He, he got screwed. Natty and Liv also had a jobber alert. They were less than three minutes as well. So yeah, that was just a throwing that one. out there, folks. Uh, my comeback this week goes to Tucker because I forgot he fucking existed and he came back and he looked like a million bucks and he did as much as he could in that terrible six-man tag, um, thus proving why six-man tags don't matter because Otis left in the middle of it to come back. It looked like fucking Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, he's like he's like if Hulk Hogan just got like shorter but bigger. Like It's just like if you shrunk him but pulled him wider. That's all it is. And he, He's not as charismatic as Hulk Hogan. Give but, him a feather you know, boa. You know what? Give him the fucking boa treatment. Give him the whole fucking Hollywood treatment. It's fine. 
Uh, but no, uh, soccer, it, it, it obviously raises the question to me that there's always that Marty Gennetti feeling of like, can he turn on Otis? Can, you know, is Mandy, you know, really interested? Um, and something else we didn't talk about, uh, obviously, it will, uh, maybe we'll talk about in other weeks, is Mandy being hit on by the king. So, you know, maybe Tucker has something to do with, you know, maybe playing some head games with Otis about Mandy loving the king instead of Otis. Oh, Who man. Who knows going to fucking oh, happen? Oh, man. Don't so. tease me, baby. Don't tease me. That's like the ultimate JC. Oh, That's my it. God. If if she got that briefcase from Otis and gave it to King Corbin, and that's how he became champion, that would probably be like the greatest day of my life. I don't know. Holy I shit! I don't know. But that should have been the it, hope, Nestle. That screw the fiend. Oh, that's so much better. That's so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I come up with a lot of good stuff, so you know, here's what it is. All right. I think it's now the time to take it home because I'm winded. You're probably even more winded because yeah. you've been talking way more than I have. So, so let's get uh, to I the uh, big – I don't know about that. But let's talk about the big finish here. Uh, we will, we kind of hit on all these things quickly. But on SmackDown, the Firefly Funhouse returns. Mandy is on Miz TV. And AJ Styles gets an IC presentation ceremony. So my only question really is about that. Um, obviously, Sami Zayn is still sitting out there with the real IC title. Is this a chance for him to come back and crash this or is it going to be someone else? I don't see Sami Zayn coming back right away. And if he does, I mean, again, he probably will show up because now I said he won't. But uh, <laughs> it's just the way that the world works. Um, but I just don't see Sami Like, Sami Zayn's a heel. AJ Styles is a heel. Like, I don't necessarily Sammy care. Sami won't be a heel when he comes back. There's no way. He'll be a baby face. Okay. I think, really? personally. Yeah. I, but I okay. agree. I don't think we'll see him probably till late summer, early fall. I think AJ's going to have a long, dominant reign here. I think, honestly, it'll probably be a rerun with Daniel Bryan. Uh, which I don't think most people have an issue with, especially you. Yeah, he made a comment about it on it in the promo. He randomly had him backlash for no reason, and he said Daniel Bryan. So I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. I'm going to show right. Daniel Bryan what it's like to be a real champion. So there he is. So we uh, look at Raw. We obviously have the finally the return of Rey Mysterio, um, whatever. But we have two tag team title matchups, the Prophets and the Vikings, and Bailey and Sasha versus the Iconics. Who you got in these two matchups? I kind of want the Viking Raiders to win because I'm kind of tired of this, like, Street Profits hullabaloo. Like, they're just, like, I, I think I, I was so interested with Bianca Belair at the beginning talking about them being serious that I kind of want them to fail so that they turn to be serious with Bianca. Like, I, I want to see that. Like, I, I think Bianca adding to the Street Profits had an awesome idea of presentation, and now because obviously they had this left turn into fun bill, uh, you know, it's fine, but now it's over with, let's not be so cute all the time. And I think uh, I'd like to see the street profits get a little bit more street edge, so to speak. Um, they can still be entertaining. They just don't have to be so goofy. And I, I think the Viking Raiders have kind of put back in my mind that they're fun-loving and, and doing their thing. And, you know, I, I think it's their time because they've been the unsung heroes in a lot of ways, in my, in my opinion, especially Ivar, uh, throughout this entire process. Yeah, I, so for me, when I looked at this, like, I don't think it's going to be definitive um, because I don't think it's necessarily going to be a schmoz like they did, but I think this is an opportunity to either debut or return someone like a tag team of some kind to just like set the stage for maybe a triple threat. And that's how they get the titles away from both these teams. I just, I, for me, it just, it doesn't feel like they're just going to wrap it up with a bow and let someone go over it. Just, I don't think AOP is healthy, but a team like them would make sense. That's what this just screams like to me. I could be wrong, but that's just like my first inkling here. Hmm. No, that's a good point. I mean, it would be a nice time to debut somebody because they definitely don't have a tag division. So instead of a tag division, we've got you know skits 
you know, Saturday Night Live style, but it is what it is. Hey, maybe Vink and Thorne will be taken seriously. Maybe they'll be the ones. The Vinkster. Uh, what about I the, women's, the women's match? Bailey Sasha all day? I mean, you already, you already spoiled it. I think the Boston Blueprint uh, pick up the victory and move uh, move on to back to wherever the hell they're going to go to whatever they're going to do. Yeah, I, I don't. I just I think they're, obviously they're going to use the tag team titles to uh, split them up, but I just don't think it's going to be for a while. But I do think the uh, the uh, the Iconics match it'll probably honestly be a schmoz just to keep it going. But whatever. Uh, I got nothing else to you. No, that's everything. I think that they teased uh, Rey Mysterio coming back is kind of whatever. I don't really have an issue with it, but uh, yeah. Dominic is going to do something stupid. Whatever. Let's move on. Yeah. So uh, jobberknocker.com, That's the website. We can find all the links to the podcast on iTunes. Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Like, subscribe, download, give us five stars, five flames. We appreciate it. That goes a long way for us. Um, also, our weekly NXT and AEW articles have been super hot fire lately from uh, TJ and the Joe Stopper. So make sure you're always refreshing jobberknocker.com for that content, as well as any specialty articles the guys have in NXT UK and NWA Power are exclusively featured as well uh, when they return. So I'll obviously always keep a lookout on the .com. Twitter at jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal Beacon. Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because we are everywhere you want to be on social media. In the words of Seamus, folks, don't be a boozer because then you're a loser. We'll see you next week for more Jobberknockery. <laughs>